you're wanting things to go faster, acceleration comes when our energy lines up to what it is that we say that we want, right? So I would say the way is not a linear approach of maybe I need to send more emails and interview more people. I would take that holistic approach. Like I said, it means more meditation, understanding your own energetic patterns, right? Look at the cornerstones. What's, you know, does my diet really support me? Am I taking care of my body? Is my body the body of a warrior? Am I sleeping enough? You know, doing all those things. And then emotionally, and this is where a lot of people get tripped up. Am I holding on to anger, resentment, jealousy, whatever? Is it pushing me all these different ways? And that's where we really need to unlock different patterns and do these practices. Born in 92, on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth, y'all would get ripped apart You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt Welcome to the show. Matt Labrie here, your host of the Decoding Success Podcast. You're rocking with us on episode number 236. And if this just so happens to be the first time you've ever heard of this show, the first time you're ever downloading an episode, tuning into an episode, the first time it's ever been sent to you, we want to welcome you with open arms into our incredible community of listeners. And if you have been rocking with us, if this is not the first time, if you have listened to episode after episode, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, welcome back. We are super excited to have each and every one of you here for this episode today because it's based on the premise of something that we all need to understand. We all need to understand that we are more than we think we are. We are so capable of so much, whether that be healing, whether that be accomplishing something, putting our mind to something, the list goes on and we have an incredible guest who is going to be amplifying that message to us in just a little bit, but I want to go a little bit deeper than that. I want to let you know what is in this episode. A couple of the things that were within this, and when I say things, I mean topics that were within this episode that I truly loved. Number one is the fact that there was a really great mindset shift, something that will shift your mindset, your perception, your perspective on the darkness that seeps into your life. And I love that because at the time of recording this episode with our guest, Kimberly Snyder, I was actually experiencing some darkness and she really helped me shine a light. And maybe I'm giving a little bit too much away by saying that, but really excited to dive into that with you. We're going to be talking about the cornerstones of life and how when these cornerstones are in alignment, man, what's to come? So much to talk about in just a few minutes, but I want to introduce you to Kimberly Snyder, a multi-time New York Times bestselling author, spiritual and meditation teacher, nutritionist, and holistic wellness expert. She has authored six books, including Radical Beauty, which she co-authored with Deepak Chopra. Her highly anticipated sixth book, You Are More Than You Think You Are, Practical Enlightenment for Everyday Life, is a major focus point in this conversation. Really excited to dive into that. But even more so, she is the founder of Soluna, a holistic lifestyle brand, practical enlightenment meditation, Soluna Circle, and the host of her top-rated Feel Good podcast. She has worked with dozens of top celebrities, to feel their absolute best, including Drew Barrymore, Reese Witherspoon, and Channing Tatum. And although it's not mentioned here, I'm just going to let you know she worked with the Avengers too. She was on the Avengers set, and I just happen to love that movie or the series of movies. 
And she's also been featured by numerous national media outlets, including Good Morning America, The Today Show, The New York Times, and The Wall Street Journal. And today she is bringing all of her wisdom, her life experiences, her education, literally everything to the table here on Decoding Success. So again, I'm just really excited that you're tuned into this episode with us today. But I want to let you know that other people can be tuned into it. It's the people that you share this episode with. So when Kimberly says something that makes the light bulb go off, when you start to resonate with the point she's making, I really urge you to share this with someone in your circle. Whether that be on social media, your Instagram story, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever, however. Whether that be in your text messages. Maybe it's at the bar later tonight when you go out or maybe at dinner with your friends just like speaking about what you learned in this episode. That would mean the absolute world to us. But without further ado, we're going to dive into it right now with our friend, Kimberly Snyder. Kimberly, welcome to Decoding Success. I might have to change the name of the show to Decoding Success with Chris, <laughs> not Matt. Oh my gosh. Welcome thank you to the so show. Much. I'm so excited to be here and connect with you. So thank you so much. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Well, just to bring everyone up to speed, Kimberly and I were just talking about how we might've met in like a past life or something, but <laughs> I mean, I, I saw you on the screen and I just wanted to call you Chris. And I don't know, you know, we don't know, like there's things, you know, people we might've met when we were really young and we kind of have that association, but now I know you as Matt, my, there new, we go. <laughs> my new friend. <laughs> Let's go with it. I want to get deep really quickly here. Do it. En- enlightenment. What does that word mean? So enlightenment is a really powerful word that I think sometimes we hear and we get a little bit like, oh, this is a big, scary concept. I'm going to sort of back away from it. Sometimes we hear about the word enlightenment, like the enlightened ones, like Buddha and Jesus. But really the word enlightenment is about more freedom in your life. And it's about more awareness and awakening. So, so much of my work focuses now on creating that real freedom. And what I've seen with people is that this this freedom, this opening past our barriers, our limitations that we put on ourselves, the ways that we play small, this freedom allows us to go into this more expansive place, which we'll talk about a bit more here, this idea of the true self. So this is where we reach our fullest potential, where we're able to be more free, free of our limited patterns, free of the egoic fear and the mind chatter. So then we, our fullest expression comes out of us. We're all unique. We all have a unique purpose. So once we move into more of this free space, we're able to express in our most authentic nature and then our best stuff comes forward and we keep building in our creative power. So it's a really important concept because it keeps us from playing small, Matt, and it really does allow us to, again, I use this word potential, go into our expanded potential. It's it's so powerful when we learn to tap into it. I love this. So let's go down this path. Where do these patterns come from? I know that I have them. I'm sure people listening you know, have them or had them. Why do we get into these limiting patterns or even detrimental patterns, right? Whether to our health or mental well-being, so on and so forth. So underneath everything is what Paramahansa Yogananda, the great yoga guru who brought yoga to the West, he calls the underlying energy matrix of all things. So when you look underneath everything, it's all energy, right? And so what happens is different patterns of energy get formed in us and around us. And we see it in nature, we see it all around. So we want to start moving into a place of moving beyond bad, good, right, wrong, and just seeing things in terms of in a more neutral space. Like here's an energy pattern that isn't working for me. I'm just going to shift the pattern. So to your question, where did these patterns even come from? When we are small in our, you know, very, sm- I have two small children. So I think about, oh my gosh, their brains and their, their sense of the world are forming all the time. We are in this 
we're starting to move from this really deep embodied place known as the true self. And then we start to go into the world and we start to sense things with our five senses. Then our peripheral nervous system starts to pick up. So ego is everything that's seeing out here in the world with the senses. So unfortunately, what happens to our brains and to our reactions and to these patterns that we start to create is we're trying to, our egos are trying to keep us safe and secure. So very early on, before we have access to real teachings and wisdom and ways of processing things in healthy ways, we can actually create these toxic limited patterns from things we sense and we, things we see outside of us because we're not fully developed. And so in childhood, these patterns become in place. And then as adults, we realize, oh my gosh, why does this bother me so much? Or why does this trigger me? Or why am I so scared to do this or to do that? And so we need to understand that underneath there's an energetic pattern. And then this whole enlightenment and this awareness, which we can all learn to do. And this is so exciting. We learn to tap into it. It means we go in and we start to transform our lives from the inside out because it means we're working with our own energy. So everything out here, the mirror, which is our life starts to change. And when I started to get this, Matt, I started to, you know, my journey, I'll say quickly, is I was backpacking it through the world for three years and I was in India you know, about halfway through. And I, I was learning about energy and the true self and these concepts, and it was starting to blow me away. And I started to see patterns starting to emerge in my life when I started doing these practices. So when I came back to the United States, I didn't have any money. <laughs> I was completely broke. Sometimes I would get three oranges for a dollar for lunch because I read a study that oranges keep you the fullest, the longest. But I was working with the patterns and pretty soon my life really drastically changed where I started this free blog. I was going back to nutrition school and teaching yoga. And all I did was talk to my yoga students, but it started to spread. Energy spreads. Then celebrities started finding me. Then I got in Good Morning America and the book deals came. Everything started happening from changing my own energy, which is why I'm so passionate about teaching this. We can break these patterns. Absolutely. Now, does shifting your energy, is it like, I don't want to use the term energy work, but, or, you know, is it like healing the inner child? Like, what is it? So shifting your energy involves, my philosophy now is based on what I call the four cornerstones of true well-being. So it's food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth. We are whole beings. We have an emotional, a mental, a spiritual layer, a physical layer. But when we work on our energy in this total holistic state, it is always when we get the best results. Mm -hmm. For instance, the ancient, the Vedic teachings, the oldest texts in the world, the yogis, they always talked about diet. For instance, not because food is the end all be all, but food is a very important energy channel. It's not just about numbers and calories and trying to be fit or trying to be thin. The food you put in your body has a profound effect on your mental state, on your ability to meditate, on your inflammation levels, on all sorts of things. So we work with the food. We work with the diet to support our goals. Then body we are having an embodied experience. We can say we're spirit individualized, but here we are with this physicality. So we want to support this bodily temple to support our goals, not to distract, not to deplete, not because it's the end goal. So body is how, how do we sleep? How do we exercise to energize ourselves, but not deplete ourselves? What are the right supplements to take? How do we take care of our skin, which is our largest organ? Then emotional well-being slash mental health is the third cornerstone. And this is such a big one that, you know, now there's more of a focus on it, but many people ignore this for many years. The toxic thoughts, the patterns, the reactions, right? It just gets, keeps getting pushed down. So instead we, we do play small. We're still in our ego. We create these patterns. So emotional well-being is about taking a look. It's about introspection. It's about practices like journaling. It's about shadow work. 
It's about not being controlled anymore by these patterns that we were talking about, Matt. I almost called you Chris again. <laughs> and then the fourth <laughs> cornerstone is, I was looking right in your eyes and I said, Chris, Chris, no, no, it's Matt. Fourth cornerstone. And this is the, the big one. Okay. They're all important, but this is the really big one. So all the other ones are sort of in support of the spiritual growth. When I'm talking about spirituality, I'm talking about connecting to who you really are. Title my book, right? My new book, You Are More Than You Think You Are. What we think we are is what we're seeing with the senses all the time. You look in the mirror, oh, this is what I look like. Then you look out in the world, you're like, this is what other people are doing. So then you start to compare yourself and comparison leads to contrast. Contrast leads to competition. And we start feeling small, not doing enough. All the fears start to come in. Who you are is this formless energy. It's the soul. It's spirit individualized. Quantum physics would say it's this unique gravitational field around you. So what happens with spiritual growth is that means we learn to not over-identify with the shell. You know what Wayne Dyer calls the less than 1% of who we are. This is part of us, but it's not everything that we are. So when we learn to tap into the inside, the true self, this again, unique, whatever you want to say, formation of energy, then you start to access your intuition, which is one of the most powerful steps in success. Your intuition is your inner voice, what Yogananda calls the infallible voice of the inner counsel. So once you start tuning into this, this is where, you know, the yogis talk about your third eye, which is where you can see the seers. This term Rishi, Sanskrit means seer. It literally means you can perceive and sense and feel and be guided beyond what the physical eyes can see. So this is when you step into your power. This is when you start to feel from deep inside of you, oh, this is the food that will serve me the most right now. This is when I'm hungry. This is the project that will create the biggest success out in the world. This is my best idea. This is the best relationship to go with, right? So you start to tune in more and more to you. It means we're literally going from peripheral nervous system all the time, our attention being dissipated out here into boom, central nervous system, spine and brain. And of course, we know there's so much more research coming out about meditation and these practices every day. But I want to say here, Matt, meditation is not just about relaxation because then we're still in the senses, right? A lot of the modern meditation methods you see out here, there, there still may be some benefits. I'm not bad mouthing it, but true meditation and the teachings in my book, I went through thousands of pages in Vedic texts, the Bhagavad Gita, how to be a warrior in your life. Talk about the Gita in a second. It's about union. So yoga, the word yoga means union and meditation is about union. So it means we're going into our spine and our brain when this is where we connect to oneness, to the mainframe, so to speak. You know, you could many terms for this. We go into our most expanded, the brain starts to light up our most expanded, incredible ideas. But if we're out here in peripheral nervous system all the time, we start to make decisions from fear. Oh, this trend is going well. Maybe I should switch my project to this. Oh, this person's making so much money doing this. I'm going to copy what he's doing. Da, 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 da. This is where we get off track. We lose our purpose. And guess what? We don't get the best results. So we want to learn to balance being in the world out here and really tuning into our power in here. So that was a really long answer to your question, but the four cornerstones, food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth work together in your morning routine, in your practices throughout your day. That's how you really shift your energy in a total life-changing way. I love this. So, I mean, a million and one questions here. First being, how do we know if we're making a decision from fear versus, you know, maybe from our true essence? It's a really great question. So I'll give you a really a way to start 
understanding that and in a very clear way, because right now when we're, we're on the pathway, a lot is going to start being kicked up, right? It's like, oh, enlightenment, this is so good. It's going to start to challenge ideas day by day as you go into the practices I teach, which include written exercises, also introspection, working with your energy, working with your body, meditation. It will become more and more clear to you, but I'll give you a little 10 second practice. Fear and mind chatter are because we're overthinking, right? So when we're starting to figure out, am I following my intuition or am I going with a voice of fear? The most reliable source of wisdom is not going to be your mind because we're so conditioned in the patterns, right? To break the pattern, the solution is not going to be where the problem is. We go to a different place. We drop down into the body. Okay. So the body is going to give you answers. And so we start to focus on your heart center, the Anahata chakra. And we say in Sanskrit, and also there's so much research now coming about out about the heart from the heart math Institute for the last 25 years. I don't know if you've heard of them. They've done all this incredible clinical research talking about the frequency and the vibration of the heart and the heart rate and the heart resonance. So this is a very powerful place in your body to focus on. And you ask yourself, am I an ego? Am I in fear right now? Or am I in the true self? If you are in your intuition and the true self, what you'll feel in your body is a sense of openness, receptivity, right? Expansion. That's our true nature. This is where we create our best stuff, right? The universe is always expanding. We say light is always expanding. So when we're open and receptive, this means different ideas can come in, different creative solutions. We are not rigid and constrained. We are open to the best stuff. So now we're co-creating with spirit. Now everything in your life is going to start to open up. But if you go into your heart, let's say even just before Zoom meeting, or before, you know, anything like a, just a dinner meeting or making a decision. Am I going to go on a date, a second date with this person? Or am I going to invest in this fund? You feel here a sense of tightness and constriction. This is your cue that you are in fear because your body will emulate the energy of that, right? Ego, like I said, it's this shell. So it makes you feel very small and limited. I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. It starts to, you get start, you start to get really tripped up. So if you're feeling that in your body, what you want to do is you want to shift that energy before you speak, before you make a decision. And there's many different ways to do that. You start to take some deep breaths. You feel the bottoms of your feet. You start to get present, right? Because all this fear and anxiety is really what is. It's future-based thinking based on past trauma. So start to come here into this moment. And I also find it very helpful. I just go outside. There's a door in my office here, just right outside. Sometimes I just get in the sunshine for a minute. I do a short walk, move your body, get the circulation going, shift the energy. Maybe you go to the bathroom, get a sip of water. Just this awareness of right now, I'm in this fear-based place and I'm shifting it is the beginning of great change because most people don't even have that awareness that there's these two parts mm -hmm. of us. And we'll talk about the Gita next, the battle of life, Matt, but that's a practice. And when you start to tune into your body, it's amazing how much more empowered you become. You become, you become the steward of your own energy. So things in your life start to open up more and more. Absolutely. I'm curious, is the tightness that you may feel there, is that a physical tightness or is it like a different type of tightness? So when we're talking about energy, again, we start to expand beyond um, the delineations of this is physical, this is emotional, this is this, okay. this, this, and we just start to tune into energy as an overall thing, right? Because everything is so interconnected. Chakras is a term that also comes from the East and it's an energy wheel, right? And so let's say there's your gut, for instance, let's say you start to actually feel tightness in your gut. Like I'm really nervous. I have a lot of anxiety or this just doesn't feel right to me. Over time, that sort of tightness and that anxiety that we hold in our gut can lead to IBS. It can lead to constipation, diarrhea, 
gut issues, you know, dysbiosis in your microbiome because our energy is physical as well as emotional, mental. That's why all this, you know, research coming out about, you know, chronic stress, it actually will create physical cardiovascular effects and hormonal imbalances, right? So when we're talking about energy, Matt, it it spans all the levels. So yes, it could be a physical tightness, but just energetically, you don't feel right. So, but your body does mirror that, right? So you'll notice a tightness in your shoulders or you'll notice a tightness in your body. And it's, again, we're just over-identifying. We're in this like rat race of the ego. It's telling us do more, do more, push more. This is so scary. You don't want to lose your job. So you better work till midnight. It's all the, all that. Right. So we need to move away, move attention away from that energy into this more expanded place where more options come up, more creative solutions, more freedom, more enlightenment builds, Matt. Absolutely. Now, do you need to have a certain level of awareness or is this something that like anyone can just tap into and start to become aware of those feelings? Anybody can start to tap into. What's really exciting about this work is that the true self is this inner resource inside of every single human. It's the stable, calm part of us. So when we learn to connect to that part of us, again, through morning meditation, which I'm a huge proponent of, and I put out free meditations, free guided meditations every week, we can check, which you can check out on our Saluna app, guiding you into this place of union, not just happy waterfalls, which can feel nice, but no, we want to go into the spine. We want to connect. We want to have our best ideas. So it's what the Vedic teachings tell us is that there's two ways to grow. And truly as a human into your fullest potential. Number one is wisdom. So we need to know the teachings in the first place. And I've done my best in the new book to really break that down in a very accessible way, just by learning, oh, this is ego and this is the true self. Just these awarenesses start to create great change. So we want to know the teachings. Yogananda said something that I quote in the beginning of the book, I'm paraphrasing here, but something like a cave can be in darkness for thousands of years, but bring in the light. And it's as if the darkness never was, right? Mm -hmm. So we can be in ignorance. We can have limited patterns from our childhood for 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years. But when an awareness comes in, oh, darkness goes. That's powerful. Yeah. Number two, number two, though, we know the teachings and we can create, oh my gosh, like big changes, but it's the experiential knowing. Okay. So that's what intuition is. You experience it. No one can give you your intuition. Something may sound, you hear to someone else, oh, but that's, the diet that's right for them. And that's the right path for them, but that's not the right path for me. So the experiential knowing past your thoughts, you know, when Eckhart Tolle talks about going past your thoughts, I say, what the F is he talking about? And get it. But then you realize past the mind, there is this deeper part of us, you can call it the super consciousness, you can call it the voice of intuition. So when we experience more of that ah, mind chatter, and it's just coming down into this place of deep, deep, deep intuition, that's when we create, when we become the highest level of creator, that's when the abundance starts to open up in your life, because now you're coming from this place of groundedness and working with your energy. And so we can say the right things, right? We can say, okay, I want to do this and I want to be this and I want to have this and I want to have, you know, whatever it is, your, your goals, your life goals, your career goals, your family goals. But if your energy doesn't really match up to what you're saying or what you say your goals are, I'm sorry, but you can't get past that. You're going to struggle. Maybe you'll get there, but you won't enjoy the journey. Maybe you won't ever get there. Or maybe you get there and you're like, oh shit, this sucks. This isn't really what I thought it was going to give me, right? So it's the deep sense of peace and fulfillment and connection that makes everything more powerful, but it also makes it so much more joyful in our daily lives. Absolutely. This is a total random question that came to mind when you mentioned Eckhart Tolle, and I'm going to ask it. I've never asked it before, but 
Is it possible to measure the size of our ego? I think you measure the size of your ego by what's going on in your daily life, right? Okay. What I mean by that is your life is a mirror for your inner state. So you can look at your life right now without judgment because we can always shift and change if it's not where you want it to be. My life was not certainly not where I wanted it to be. So when I was an ego, I was pushing all the time. I had a lot of insomnia. I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of digestive issues. I was bloated all the time. And then when I got the things that I wanted to get, even you know, the first time I made the New York Times bestseller list, I was like, hmm, you know, it just, it was like, what's the next thing? right? What's the next thing? And then I was in relationships that weren't really fulfilling great people, but I didn't feel that connection. I just didn't, I just didn't feel peaceful, right? So peace is a big barometer if you are in ego, because if you're an ego, you will not feel, I don't care what you have on your resume or how much money you have, what, it, what, you're, what you have on paper. Does that really matter? I say no, because true success is the inner state this level of enlightenment and peace. It's not just woo-woo. We say like you actually enjoy your life and you get to work on things that light you up and that you're really passionate about and your connections grow. I got to say, I've worked with so many famous people, so many you know, over-the-top rich people. I won't say names, but I'll say that across the board. When you get the things that society tells you, you know, this is the big goal. It doesn't give you what you want, mm -hmm. right? Necessarily. Absolutely. We want to work on creating, when you become so connected to your true self, and I'll just use my life as an example, Matt, what happens is your life becomes an expression of what's going on inside of you. So when, when this started to open up for me, um, I would say it started about four years ago was when it really accelerated. I've been following these teachings now for over a decade, but four years ago, I lost my mom really suddenly. I talk about this in the book. And then I sort of looked at my life. And like you said, my life was an ego right? The relationships and the things I was doing. And I sort of woke up and I said, I don't, I don't want to live my whole life like this. So I ended up moving up out on my own. My first son, I became a single mom and I really had to look at my life and say, you know, what, what am I going to do? Because now my life is in the gutter. Like this is you know, lowest point of my life. And so for five months, and I don't think anybody else has to do this because now I'm, you know, I've brought these teachings forth. So don't listen to this and then go crap. But I did go inward for five months. I met with this monk from the Self-Realization Fellowship, which is Yogananda's meditation organization. And he said, just work on yourself for five months, treat your home like an ashram. So that was really the beginning of this book, I would say, Matt. I started reading all the scriptures and the one that had in the New Testament of the Bible, Bible, the Upanishads, the one that had the biggest impact, one of the biggest impacts on me, which I'd love to talk about next is the Bhagavad Gita, which is about how to be a warrior. Okay. But then when I emerged after five months, I had this different energy, this very different sense of feeling whole and complete and a very different sense of confidence. Confidence in its truest sense, we realize all oh, this flimsy way that people get confident of what I do, how much money I have. I think for men, it's really tough because it's like, oh, you know, how much can I be this provider? How successful am I? For women, there's a lot of pressure and how do we look and, you know, having this so-called beauty of the, of the time, whether it's a big butt or, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> right? But confident, it's so flimsy. So now I'm confident one day if I look good, then I'm not confident the next day because my stock plummeted or whatever. Truest sense of confidence is when Moses asked the Almighty, what is this? What are you? right back in the biblical times, ancient times. And you know what the almighty said? I am that I am. So what does that mean? Underneath all these layers, Matt, 
how we look, what we're doing underneath it is that true self energy. I am a living, breathing, completely unique creation of spirit. I am. So when you get real anchored to that, that confidence, I just am me. The whole world will respond to you very differently. That sense of confidence is so magnetic and so attractive. People will want to work with you. Opportunities will open up. People will, will respond to you in a very different way. People will start coming to your content, right? We need to get to that place. We can't cheat it. You have to get to this place of really connecting with the practices. And again, morning meditation and introspection, doing the shadow work to get to like, I just am, right? So I forgot there was, I think we got off track there. <laughs> there was something no, else. Not I forgot, at all. Like, like, but there was something else I forgot to say, but I think we'll circle around to it again at some point if it's meant to come up. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about how to be a warrior. Let, let's go down yes. that path. But first, elaborate on what you mean by warrior, right? You're not, you're not necessarily saying like, a, you know, someone in the Roman army or something like that, correct? My favorite, one of my favorite chapters in the book is called You Are a Warrior. So what is a warrior? Because most of us don't think of us in terms of being a warrior. Most of us think of warriors in terms of like watching Braveheart, you know, or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Those are, I remember watching that was a little kid, like these warriors with like, you know, swords and things. But a warrior means that we tap into this part of us, part of the true self that is able to live our purpose overcome obstacles and persevere. Okay. So that's the simplest way of looking at it. So, so then it it leads to the next question. Well, what is my purpose? So a warrior's purpose, and I go into great detail about how to actually clarify your purpose, because once you clarify it, the enlightenment, the freedom really grows because it either fits into your purpose or it doesn't. Purpose is two things. It's the marriage of two things. It's number one, your unique expression and your gifts. You need to tap into your passion. And the longest chapter in this, I keep saying, I keep referring back to the book because it has so much detail and I'm so excited to share this, Matt. It's called You Are Creator. So it's where we really go into detail of how do I take this formless energy or people have always commented, this is how do we extract that and then pull it out from the inside into the world to create our best website, project, idea, whatever, you know, relationship, whatever it is. So we learn to do that from the inside out. So it's when you learn to take your best gifts, your expression, and you marry that. And this is the really important part of being a warrior. You marry that with how do I serve? How do I help other people? How do my gifts make the world a better place in your unique way? And everybody has a way to do this, whether you're an accountant and you create the most, you know, loving environment or the way that you are, you know, with your, with your clients makes them feel more easeful, more peaceful. There's what, you know, there's just a million ways. It's not as lean as, as, you know, oh, I volunteer at the soup kitchen, right? It's just, how do we work in the world? And I'll tell you why this is so critical to success because ego is me, me, me. So if your goals are like, I want to raise my wealth to this level alone, and I want to do this and this and this, you stay limited and small. But when you expand to include the collective. Remember what I said, Matt, the universe is always expanding. Power is expansion. Light is expansion. Now you care about everybody else. Now there's all this energy that comes to support your efforts. Now, when you're tired, you think, no, but it's not just about me. I've got to help X, Y, Z, right? A warrior rarely fights for themselves. Think about Braveheart and those warriors we think about, they're fighting for a cause. They're fighting for something bigger than themselves. When you're big, you're going bigger than yourselves, you'll have more energy and more passion and more coming in. So your purpose is the marriage of your unique gifts with how do you serve. So the Bhagavad Gita is this ancient text from India within the 
Vedic texts, and I won't go into the detail, but it's this incredible battle. So if anybody that loves battle stories, I mean, it's about the chariots and the horses and the battle formations, but the whole thing is an allegory. Mm -hmm. And so Arjuna gets to choose between the biggest army in the world and having the counsel of Krishna. And Krishna represents the voice of the true self. And he chooses the counsel of Krishna. So the whole Gita is about this battle of life, which each and every single one of us go through every day. It's the battle of the mind. It's the battle of the ego. It's the battle of the fear and the mind chatter that keeps you down versus now I'm going into the true self. So it's literally this most incredible story of how do we battle? And a lot of it has to do with being overcome with the senses. We're so tied to the external world. We're so tied to what other people are doing how we look like to other people, it really influences our decisions. I want to be liked. I want to be noticed. I want to be famous. I want to be, you know, valid. All this stuff that comes from these wounds, right? But instead, when we learn to control the senses, we're still going to enjoy life, but it means we learn to tune into our own energy, all the joy and peace that comes from that with the meditations and the practices. Now we have this different way in the battle. We're very different kind of warrior, Matt. So now we create success. We manifest our goals from this empowered place. So I really love this whole concept of being the warrior because when we start to really tune into it, we realize, oh, there's so much more strength inside of me. Now, what happens if someone is resisting their purpose, right? Maybe their purpose is to bake the best cupcakes, but instead they're podcasting. You know, like what what happens if someone knows what their purpose is, but chooses to do something else? Well, go into a little more detail on that. What do you mean? Do you mean that they love the cupcakes, but they're scared to turn it into a business? No, no. Just like they. So for instance, if I know, and this just is a silly example, but if I know my purpose is to host Kimberly on decoding success and amplify incredible messages like this, that's my purpose. But instead of doing this, I'm choosing to make pizza because of whatever reasons, maybe it's fear, maybe it's something else. And they just resist knowing what they should be doing. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. But okay. So we're going to go down to another layer. It's Purpose is my unique gifts and how do I include the good of all, right? Okay. So it, my purpose isn't, uh, you know, my life, like look at all the things I do. My purpose isn't just being a mom or a podcast host or an author or the founder of Saluna. Underneath all that is the energy of intention of my purpose. So my purpose is to live and connect with my true self as much as possible and teach others how to do the same. So I can do that just in my everyday interactions, right? Just being in love, being in truth, teaching that. I can do that with a conversation down the street with a so-called stranger, right? Or I do that with my kids. I do that when I'm on a podcast, right? It's not about the specific action, but underneath everything is your purpose. So you can be in your purpose doing the podcast and you can be in your purpose making the pizza. But if you start to really tune in and you're like, well, my purpose is, you know, I'm just making this up. Let's say someone says, well, their purpose is to spread the message. Okay. The more and more you tune into that, you think, well, my energy and my purpose will expand more if I focus more on the podcast versus the pizza. In the beginning, the fear may keep you going into this other action step. But as we go forward, again, the path keeps evolving. So in the beginning, meditations may feel very restless. In the beginning, you're doing these practices, which some of them only take 90 seconds in the day, but it's always about tuning into our energy, like that 10 second practice, right? Or just the journaling, whatever it is. And you realize more and more, more awakenings will come. We don't need to hurry. We don't need to push. This is all about unfolding. Your enlightenment will unfold in your life. Just keep tuning in, right? And then you'll feel from inside of you, it's time to make a shift. 
or it's time to take that leap and focus fully on being a podcast host. But in the beginning, you know, all that pushing and like, I need to get it. I need to figure it out. That's ego. So you Mm -hmm. sit back, you take some breaths, you realize there's no, the true self will never hurry, right? It's just about clarity. And the more that comes inside of you, when I clarified my purpose, everything then opens up. Okay. So don't worry about that happening. More just be, breathe, clarify inside of yourself. And then the actions will follow from that. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And it leads me to ask you, because you mentioned the word unfolding. If someone starts to do this work and like, you know, really starts to connect with themselves and peel back the layers and they really love to see the results, like they, they love the results they're seeing, but they want more quicker. Like, what's your advice for those people? Uh, that's me, by the way. So I'm curious, yeah. like what is, and I understand like it, it's you being in your ego, but what's your, what's your advice for them? Okay. Well, let me give you an example. Okay. Again, I, I go to my own life to show like I am really living this and so we're not just talking about it in esoteric terms. So as I mentioned, there was this part of my career that was really unexpected because I don't own a TV and I don't watch TV or movies. I'm not a screen person. doesn't hold my attention. I really do love reading and I love playing and I love having dinner parties. You know, it's just different. But anyways, when I started on my path, I was so, I was talking about all these things I was passionate about. I started this free blog and then I, the first celebrity found me and I got on a film set. And then all of a sudden I was working with all these different actors and celebrities. And that became the next five years of my life. A big part of my career I was working with, you know, I was on set with the Avengers and I was working with Chris Hemsworth and Channing Tatum and Reese Witherspoon and Drew Barrymore and all these people. And it was amazing because it was raising my platform and I was, you know, I felt like I was really helping them and I was in my truth. But at a certain point, as my purpose clarified, which is connect to the true self and teach others to do the same, I realized that I, I needed to let go of that more in order to help more people, right? To focus mm-hmm. more on the books and the community in the larger sense. So it became this very natural transition for me to say, hey, you know, I'm moving more in this direction. And it was on the outset, people will say, but you're working all these people. This is amazing. You're, you know, this is all great. But inside of me, the more I was connected to my intuition, I knew that, you know, in order to grow, we need to let go. So you get guided and guided. And when I did that, I let go of the fear of, oh God, will people still care about me if I'm not working with these big celebrities? I still have them in my life, right? But everything, because I went with my heart, I went with my passion, everything exponentially grew. And it was the birth of Saluna, which is like, you know, this brand that's building and building and building. So I would say if you're wanting things to go faster, acceleration comes when our energy lines up to what it is that we say that we want, right? So I would say the way is not a linear approach of maybe I need to send more emails and interview more people. I would take that holistic approach. Like I said, it means more meditation, more time with your understanding your own energetic patterns, right? Look at the cornerstones. What's, you know, does my diet really support me? Am I taking care of my body? Is my body the body of a warrior? Am I sleeping enough? I, you know, doing all those things. And then emotionally, and this is where a lot of people get tripped up. Am I holding on to anger, resentment, jealousy, whatever? Is it, is it pushing me all these different ways? And that's where we really need to unlock different patterns and do these practices. There's a sun moon practice where um, I teach you how to look at your so-called bad behavior and your good behavior and then go underneath that. So we drop the guilt and the shame, which is a really heavy uh, vibration that right. doesn't match up to what you say your goals are, right? And then I would, when I started meditating more and focusing, we go into more of a flow state and then the level of creation and so-called material success rises and rises. So it's a funny thing, Matt, because the outside world will tell you the opposite. They'll say, oh, well, you got to do more, got to go to more conferences. It's like that, <laughs> a little bit of that Tony Robbins rah-rah. I, I love Tony too, but you know, do more, do more. And yes, we want to make sure that we are directing our energy into actions, but 
can't get past energy. So if something isn't happening as quickly as you want, of course, there's divine timing or things feel blocked. We go into ourselves and say, what is inside of me that I need to let go of? What is an energy or a pattern inside of me that's still, you know, mudding things up? And it goes deep. So if you're up for it, I'll, t- I'll tell you a deep pattern of mine that I uncovered. That really Please, yeah, it. without a doubt. Okay, so this is where we become detectives of our own energy. Again, this is why such a powerful thing, enlightenment, freedom. So I was going through life and then I started doing this work. I started getting more into the Vedas. It was talking about being aware of when these the ripples come, the samskaras, many terms we could say that the mind shatter. Be aware when that comes up because there's darkness there. Okay, so when we talk about shadows, it's a darkness coming up. Darkness is not a scary thing, by the way. A lot of people shy away from this concept of darkness. So things feel icky inside or heavy. We tend to shy away. We tend to distract. You go to Netflix, you text a friend, you go on Instagram, whatever it is. But darkness teaches us. Darkness is a place you've hit on a spot inside of you where the light hasn't shown yet. So what we want to do is we want to start to understand what is underneath the darkness, because then we can meet the darkness with the light and then our overall energy just keeps growing. So I was starting to notice because of this work, how much it bothered me when people interrupted me. Of course, it's annoying for everybody, but it was almost like this dagger, this feeling when I was interrupted and it just sort of changed my breath pattern. So I had to really sit with that. Like, why does this bother me so much? Why is it bringing up this so-called darkness? And again, through this work, I would sit with it, Matt. And what I found was that underneath when I got real honest with myself underneath, oh, they're interrupting me. What it was hitting on this fear, this deep, deep fear from my childhood. You're not worthy of being seen and heard, right? I had parents, I think our parents do our best, but there was a level of neglect in my childhood, right? So there was like, you're not worthy of being seen and heard. So underneath that is this fear of you're not lovable and this deep pain of, you know, no one understands you, <laughs> no one loves you. And when I saw that, like, oh my God, I didn't know it was there. And so that was like driving a lot of my actions to be seen and heard and speak louder and do these things that weren't really aligned, but it was, I was trying to heal this wound. So once I saw the shadow and the wound, I was like, oh man, I know that's not true. As an adult, we start to process and we bring in these tools from an adult mind. And then we start to love ourselves. We start to heal. And you can emotionally process and digest just the way that you digest food. Dr. David Hawkins, the psychologist says, if you really sit with that intense emotion, it usually does start to digest in 10 minutes. It can come back, digest and digest, and eventually you get to the bottom of the well. And by the way, that's how I overcame the grief of losing my mom. I sat and sat, dissipate 10 minutes, right? Instead of moving away. So anyways, with this shadow work, this darkness, once I healed that wound of, I mean, it's still there, but it's like 90% better, right? Of being seen and heard, the freedom grew. Matt, right? It was like inside of me. And then again, our energy grows. People respond differently. You start getting very different results in your work. But until you start to see those shadows and those dark places and the way the fear is driving me, we don't reach our fullest potential. You may do well, but you're sort of watering down your success. And I'm sure you feel resistance on that path as well. Incredible resistance. Yeah. Because the ego wants to keep us safe. The ego's like, no, well, this sounds right and this. But will happen over time. It's like, you know how the flowers, and I'm looking out the window right now, the trees sort of grow towards the light, right? And the flowers that go towards the light. I believe as humans, deep inside of us, we know it may take a while, may not be in this lifetime for everybody, but eventually we start to go towards the light. So inside of you, something will start to awaken in your intuition. It will start pulling you towards more of that freedom. And you're like, I don't want to live with this anymore. 
I don't want to feel this, you know, not so fun, pushy, always stressed out life. I want to enjoy life. I want to feel true success. I want to feel good about myself. And then that will start to give you that the mind of a seeker is what I would say. When I went backpacking, I wouldn't have used that term back then, but I was a seeker. I was seeking a better way. I was seeking. What I was seeking was the freedom. I think we're all seeking the freedom, the freedom to just be us and live this incredible, expansive life. So when that starts to come, that seed starts to come inside, the seed will not go away. It will only get bigger. And maybe sometimes you go down different pathways to try to feed the seed. Oh, maybe I need to work out more. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. All the stuff on the outside. But then you realize one day it's inside of me. So then you start to move past the resistance. It took me a while to get here, Matt. I will say though, I started to actually look at myself, my energy (laughs) and clear that. And then you realize the mirror of everything outside changes when you change. Absolutely. Now I want to talk about the book. You are more than you think you are practical enlightenment for everyday life. If people pick (laughs) up this book, but they could only take one thing away from it, what would you want that one thing to be? The one thing is that you have this resource inside of you, the true self. Learn to tap into it and you will unlock your highest power. I love that. It's very simple. There's nothing to buy. It's nothing outside of you. It's not this shining up of the outside. It's literally a going deeper into your own resources, your, your intuition, your gifts. And this is what the yogis have been teaching for thousands of years. So ever since that day, those many days when I was backpacking in India, When I started learning this and shifting my energy, it's been this like incredible ride. And my life has not been perfect by any stretch, right? I've had a lot of challenges. But when I look back and I see, oh, this is when I got off track. This is when I picked a really bad business partner that I then had to buy out and clean up this mess. Or this is when I really, you know, was not with the right person in that relationship, whatever. I look back and I say, oh, You know, it's just that I over-identified with the ego. We're human. We're going to stumble along the way. There's these two parts of us. This is egoic human part. We don't want to beat them up too much because they're doing their best. They're learning. But at the same time, there's this true self part of me. So the more I start to align my life with this true self part of me, there's less mistakes to clean up. I create more abundance and more magnetism, more success in my life. And my life is really a living example of this, that, you know, I just want to shout from the rooftops, guys, it doesn't have to be so hard. Yeah. Because for me, my life felt really hard. Success felt like a really hard thing. I was always pushing and I did create outward success, but not in a way that felt good. It didn't really feel like success when you get there. For sure. Now, what if someone that's tuned into this right now might be in what seems like one of those dark periods or like shit's just not going their way? And then they hear the title of the book, You Are More Than You Think You Are. And when they're in that moment, it's actually harder to believe that. What's your take there? Yeah. So that's what I call the dark night of the soul. I just did a podcast on this, Matt, because I actually went through a very dark night of my soul. The self-doubt came in during the book launch because I wanted to show like, this is very real. So I just, I was coming back from New York. Everything was going great. I just done Good Morning America and the Drew Barrymore show and everything was, was, you know, good out here, but again, interstate. And it just, it triggered that seenness. I get, you know, just, we don't understand our wounds fully. Right. But it was just like something in me went down. I was like on the floor, like, oh my God, what if people don't understand me back to that Mm -hmm. core wound? What if people don't really understand what I'm talking about? People don't care. So we all go through the times of darkness and darkness is an amazing teacher. Again, when we don't shy away. So if you're going through one of these moments of darkness, I've been there too. I've actually created a self doubt toolkit. So anyone does buy the book and they write a review 
you'll see it on the site. You just I, I didn't want to charge any money for it, but if you send a review, we'll 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 send you the self doubt kit for free, which is a very powerful kit of a, a set of practices and tools to shift your energy. So when you are in that very deep state of a dark night, darkness, we just want to get to the next breath, right? Just want to keep breathing. This is where moving the body is really powerful. There's some twists just to get energy out of your kidneys and your liver, go for a walk. And then we want this is where we can work with things like music, tools, mantras, anything vibrational that you hear is going to help shift your energy. So for me, I was just listening to, to music and mantras that was helping me just feel like I could lift back up. And then we just, you know, you sit, you journal. I mean, again, I go into a lot more detail there, but we we start to move through. It's like the seeds in the darkness, but then it starts to move up towards the light. There's a way we just keep moving. You can't push it because the periods can feel really long. My dark period that time lasted 48 hours where I just, like, I just had to keep breathing and, and, and knowing it was going to come at some point, right? I didn't even have the energy to meditate in the beginning. Like you said, people are like, I just can't do it right now. So you just be compassionate. You sit in it. You don't turn away. You have to breathe into the dark. You take your breath with you. And then on the other side, it's another whole layer of freedom. So on the other side of this dark period, I went into Matt. I can say, oh my gosh, even the past three weeks, because my book's only been out for a month. Wow. Oh. You know, then you become grateful for those periods. It's cycles. Now, the name of my brand is Saluna, which is the sun and the moon came after my dark period. Like I told you, when my mom passed away and I became a single mom, it's the darkness and the light that makes us whole. The darkness teaches us. It's not about this fake happy all the time you see on social media, right? The darkness will make us stronger. So we breathe through it. Know that there's a reason for this. It's a way of guiding you back towards the light and your purpose is waiting for you. Your best life is waiting for you on the other side of the darkness. So you just keep that. breathing. Don't hurry it along. Be in it. Be that warrior that has to sit in the darkness sometimes, and then the light will come. That's so beautiful. I just want to <laughs> let everyone know that the link to everything we talked about from the book to the app and all of that good stuff will be in the show notes. And I'm going to try and squeeze two more questions out yes. of you. I never like to keep anyone before or after the commitment, but I'm curious, what's a question you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? Oh, asking the question back to me. I like that very much. So... You know, it's funny because a lot of people ask me about how do I balance my life or like, how do you create work life balance? And it's, you know, it's one of those questions that always comes up. And I like it when people ask me because I take them in a very different direction. I say, you know, for me, it's not about balance at all. I think balance, when I think of balance, you know what the first thing that comes to my mind, Matt, is walking on a tightrope, right? Like, am I here? Okay. It's very, makes me feel stressed out. Like, am I balancing enough? I move away from that concept completely and I introduce a new concept. You ready for it? Flow. Mm. Okay. So when I'm balanced, it's overthinking in a way, like the way that I think of it, right? Language is, you know, brings up different things for different people. So instead of like this constant evaluating, like, okay, enough time, 60% flow. It just means that I flow with whatever is in front of, like whatever's showing up, I'm present with it. So when I'm with my kids, I'm really present with my kids. And when I'm on my podcast right now, I'm just talking to you literally alone, Matt, and I'm not thinking about anything else. Or from my work, I'm flowing with that. That's when we bring our fullest energy. We want to start to live life and work in a non-linear way, which is the subject of a whole other podcast, a way that time isn't really linear. It's like the spiral, right? So when we're in flow state, it means, and this is how I create flow in my life. I do my morning meditation and my team knows do not schedule anything before 9.30 because I will not answer. 
I will be in meditation. After I drop my older son off at kindergarten, my younger son's napping, I'll meditate. And then I get out my journal, blank piece of paper. I don't have it next to me. Otherwise I would show you. And I ask the question, what is the highest and best use for my energy right now, today? Instead of going down my to-do list in a linear way. So I, I intuit my energy. And then I say, oh, I feel, I feel it. Oh, man, I'm excited to get on camera today. I'm going to create some videos, some content. Or I feel, hey, I'm pretty inward right now. I'm just going to do some research. I'm going to write an article, right? So when I start to move in this more nonlinear way, we always create the best stuff. I'm not balancing. I'm flowing through my life. Doesn't that feel better? Oh, 100%. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now, a couple more minutes here. Last question for you. You've you've given us a ton. I mean, my notebook is literally full. <laughs> I love my notebook it. is full. But if you live to whatever year you want to live, you hop on as many podcasts, you create all that you want to create, but you could only be remembered for one piece of advice, what would that be? No, I say that's I say I say the same thing as what my purpose is. My one piece of advice is that you are the true self and tune into that every day. Live life from that as much as you can. And that is your happiest, most peaceful, most fulfilling life. It matters not what you will say at the end of your life on your resume, what other people think of you. It is your true self. So live life from here. Please do it. Your unique, (laughs) amazing self. And you will create your most amazing life for you. I love that. That's beautiful. If I I died today, if I died today or tomorrow, Matt, you know what? I have this to leave for people. Mm. So I'm fulfilled. Legacy, without a doubt, without a doubt. Again, (laughs) I'm going to make sure that all social links, websites, where people can get the book, the app, all of that good stuff is in the show notes. But Kimberly, thank you again for this. This was absolutely incredible. Thank you so much, Matt. Beautiful soul you are. Thank you for being such a beautiful, open, receptive channel, spreading good messages in the world. I want to acknowledge you for that. Appreciate it. I like your energy very much. I can feel just loving kindness and pureness of intention. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. You have just tuned into episode number 236 here on the Decoding Success Podcast with our friend Kimberly Snyder. Before going any further, I'm going to urge you to make sure that you are checking out and getting in contact with Kimberly through her socials, her website, her books, her projects, her podcast, her app. All of that good stuff is linked in the show notes of this episode. As mentioned earlier, I can tell this episode's resonating with you because you are still listening to this voice come through your headphones, your car speaker, your TV, however you're listening to this right now, you're still listening. So it resonated with you. I'm going to urge you to make sure you are sharing it with the people that are in your life. Make sure you're impacting someone's life today by sharing Kimberly's message right here on Decoding Success. And until next time, everyone, just giving you the heads up, every Wednesday, we are releasing episodes. If you have not subscribed to the show on Spotify or Apple yet, make sure you are doing so. So you are notified on the drop of a dime when these episodes release because we have such incredible guests coming up. Really excited to have you rocking with us on this journey. So like I said, next Wednesday, new content on the way. Until next time, be blessed. Peace.